KHAN is supported in part by Little Red Hen Bakery, located at 302 G Street in downtown Salida. Little Red Hen specializes in hometown fresh-baked bread, bagels, and treats, all made with organic and local ingredients. A full menu, including the wood-fired oven schedule and daily specials, can be found on their Facebook page at Little Red Hen Salida. K-Hen and Little Red Hen, just two hometown chickens working to keep Salida, Salida. Cahan is supported in part by Hilltop Broadband. Hilltop Broadband for residential and business wireless internet service. Servicing Salida and Poncha Springs in Chaffee County, as well as areas in Fremont County, Custer County, and more. To experience the Hilltop difference and request new customer information, email info at hilltop-broadband.com or call toll-free 877-783-2889. Welcome, friends. We're back for part two uh, of our interview with Patty Latai here in the old Cahen caboose. It's warming up in the caboose a little bit. We, the uh, coal stove is picking up. We we don't we do not advocate for the burning of coal. We want the hydrogen locomotives or other locomotives that burn alternative fuels. But since this is KHEN 106.9 on your FM dial or anytime by by podcast or by iTunes, you can find some of those other ways of getting through. Patty Latai, what an interesting interview we've been having. You know, she was director of uh, for a full circle restorative justice, a group that I just well participated in, but uh, but did did such incredible work with people who otherwise would have been plunked in to the judicial system. See, I believe trains themselves are therapeutic, but that's um, uh, an interesting belief. But I I do I think somehow people sitting on a train, reading their book, watching the landscape go by waiting for the next morning if they're going to sleep is therapeutic. I agree. People, you know, mm-hmm. because otherwise you're, otherwise you're constantly barraged. As we all know, we live in a very capitalist society and we are barraged uh, all the time. You can't even, I was looking at a YouTube the other day of a, a freight train hopper and we want to get him on this show, but this guy videos himself hopping on freight trains. And here suddenly, boop, the program is interrupted by my opportunity to buy, I don't know what, something related to freight trains. And then it comes back. This is, you know, I didn't give them permission to interrupt my program with this advertisement, but there it is. Now, whether that's just YouTube that does that or not, I don't know. But that's our life. That is really our life these days. And it doesn't bother me much, actually. I don't know. I'm retired. I'm relaxed, you know. But um, we're still riding the peace train, Forrest. We are. We are. We are riding the peace train. Riding those rails in the peace train, trying to promote, yeah. you know, 
restorative justice and humanizing the justice system. And, um, and I do a lot of work for the Peace Alliance, um, which is an organization founded about 20 years ago by Marion Williamson and um, other individuals in, in the peace building field. And um, sure. we do what we can to um, promote different types of action. Like they had this peace to the polls deal during the um, elections and um, it's, you know, there's all these different, I guess, types of transport, you know, in, in riding the peace train rails. And, um, and so, you know, the Peace Alliance is a really worthy organization worth a, a look um, on their website. And they have these activism tools and things that they can send letters to all of our representatives and, um, and get people, you know, on board to affect change, affect positive social change. And that's what we need to keep happening here. And, yeah. And that's that's the great thing about KN, I think, is that, for instance, well, the discussion we were having earlier, these community discussions do continue. It doesn't too much matter who whose who show it is. Mm -hmm. uh, people call in or come into the station. Yesterday, we had some several people in the station who would come in to give money on the Colorado Gives Day. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing about that is that if you walked in physically, as I did yesterday, to the station, there were all these people sitting around having tea and chatting, and they were um, active in these actual organizations. So you could talk to them, and that was all taped. That will be, there will be several opportunities to, to hear that, sort of from the from the inside about how they feel. Uh, and if you've got a train trip in your in your future, one thing that people there were talking about was ways to hook up. So these are the opportunities that, that, that are out there that uh, happen around trains mm -hmm. and around train around train train travel. The opportunity to, to really get to know somebody at at a, at a different level. And so that's very important. And of course, what you did was to, in some sense, legitimize that very conversation, make it possible to to talk about that and uh, talk about a different approach to, to to living and to life. And it's interesting to me that we live here in the uh, the basic valley. That is, this is a Colorado basic valley. There's you've got the the water infrastructure, the rail infrastructure the highways, the, the usual kind of procedures going on here. And so when you're living here, it then it does come back often to getting a job, finding some housing, the basic stuff. And so sometimes it's hard to break past the basics and get to restorative justice or writing your book or all those kind of things. And how do we do that? How do we change that focus enough that we're not just just doing the basics what do you think that's a good question Forrest. i think when you know times are hard and people are living lean it's a challenging situation to be able to just afford afford living expenses and and feed you know families and and I think that we all focus on safety security and 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 then just getting out of this 
and we're not even out of it, the pandemic part to that and how that impacted so many people's lives and in such a level emotionally, physically, um, you know, travel wise too. I mean, I think that was one of the biggest losses was the ability to travel and see people that we loved and go to new places and explore. And people were afraid to get on trains. They were afraid to get on airplanes. They're afraid. And rightly so. I mean, you know, for people to have some level of leisure time or ability to get on a train and go somewhere or get on a plane and explore. I mean, I I agree with you what you said earlier, Forrest, about that trains can be very therapeutic. You're not driving, you're not worried about the road and the safety and the weather situation. You're just kind of cruising along. My favorite travel was on trains until I tried ferries. I went up to Alaska on a ferry and that was like, we should have ferries everywhere. I wish they had ferries to travel back and forth to Colorado, but that's not happening. So, but trains <laughs> are the... Uh, yeah, we, we're not set up for ferries, no. No, uh, I would love that though. That was so fun, beautiful. But trains, they shape the Midwest into the West, into the final frontier out here. So big influence. And it's kind of sad that we don't have the level of train travel that we used to. And And then you have the whole element of rails to trails, which I really wish we'd be able to pull that off with um, Canyon City to Leadville, um, you know, to make bike paths available to ride alongside or, or, you know, take over the tracks. But yeah, you never know when they might become active again, right? You know, we certainly have uh, one investor, billionaire investor, who really wants to revitalize this whole rail network here. And he's done quite a bit. He's just, just bought another railroad. You know, that's Soloviev or Soloviev. I, my Russian is not very good. And um, oh. he was born in Brooklyn. He's not Russian. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. That's how they say it in Brooklyn. Yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. where my dad's from. Brooklyn. Oh, is he? That, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, those are. And I mean, you know, we're, we're giving you some really hot topics here. These are. And it's good that it. We've got community radio where you can talk about it. But but let's go all the way, way, way back in this interview. Mm-hmm. We were talking about dogs. Oh, about yeah. About service dogs. Now, I will be calling, maybe even today, the uh, president of Colorado, Colorado Association of Railroad Passengers, and see what Colorado might do. Well, I might take that up. For instance, the ski train. I was thinking that uh, leaves in the morning, goes up, people ski, comes back down in the late afternoon. It's not even that late in the afternoon. I think it's like four or something. Wouldn't it be nice if people could take their dog, hopefully a well-behaved kind of dog, to, to go along if if they're needing that kind of emotional support, which mm-hmm. they might be needing. Wouldn't you know? it be great to have a hiking train? You take your dog with you. You go up there, you hike, you come back down. Wouldn't that be yes. awesome? And some of those ideas are percolating still in the mind of uh, Soloviev. Oh, good. Uh, in fact, in one interview that he did, not not here, but in a print interview, he said, yeah, wouldn't it be great if I ever could get all of these rails lined up together, which he hasn't so far, but we could go up for a day. Uh, I could we could park in some place beautiful and scenic, like I don't know, up by the Tenth Mountain Division uh, siding up there. That's still an active 
you could hike or whatever, come back, get on the train. You'd have your, your dinner waiting for you. On yeah. Nice hot dinner. You drink, if you drink beer, a, a beer, he saw that as something that might work. Now, uh, the railroad that did that for a long time was the uh, little train out of Alamosa. Yeah. And I, have you ever taken that train? Is that I, the one I, that goes over La Vida Pass? Yeah, it goes over La Vida Pass. I saw and, a uh, lookalike concert there. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Awesome, really fun. And uh, he might get some of that going again. And the point is that it, that it all helps our understanding of, well, our neighborhood, the plants, the dogs, the animals, the people, the trains, the buses. I'm not completely against buses, by the way. I don't like them, but I'm not. But, trains are better. Trains yeah. are better. Yeah, I mean, really revitalize this resource. Which, as you were saying at the start, is something that so many European trains have done. To some degree, our ski train here in Colorado does that, too. You bring your skis, you mm -hmm. get on, you ski, you bring your skis back. That's part of the fun for that. Yeah. But, um, what I'm hoping from this program is that we get at least one person who will call in, hop down there to Union Station, ride the ski train, come back. And we can get them on the air and they can say, how was it? What was your experience? What, How were the sandwiches? You know, all that stuff. Do you mind if I uh, jump in here for us? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, as you know, uh, a friend of mine and our friend of ours and myself rode the Canyon City Royal Gorge train recently. And one feature of that train are the open air cars. And mm -hmm. that seems like it'd be just a perfect place in the right weather to have a dog outdoors on something like that. I'm, I'm not sure how they feel about dogs down at the Royal Gorge train, but I we have promoted that a little bit. This is something that runs, it's not seasonal, it runs every day of the year. And if there are train fans out there that who are coming to Salida, I highly suggest you try out the Royal Gorge train out of Canyon City. It's a classy thing. It's a good date. They have an excellent kitchen and bar and dining room and outdoor cars. And I could see where that would just work out perfect for a uh, someone who is wanted to take their dog to a trail. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, one way or another. Thank you, Forrest. You are certainly adding some context here that's, that's important. And, well, anyway, just briefly getting back. So, Patty, how many fenders, what percentage do you think might benefit from a restorative justice that would include some of these factors we've just discussed? A, a train factor, a hike factor, a dog factor what do the criminologists say well i can tell you that individuals who have participated in a restorative justice process are much less likely to reoffend than those who go through the traditional system let's see so statistically speaking you've got say 7 out of 10 individuals may reoffend or you know approximately let's say 70 to 80% reoffend um, going to the traditional justice system without having the RJ with the victim. Wait a minute. Oh. So you're saying that, okay, somebody is hauled in for a traditional offense. 
Somebody who committed a committed some type of offense and is okay. literally put in through the system, goes to um, court, is sentenced, gets a record, and doesn't have the ability to use restorative practices. And so there's a seven, about an eighty percent chance of a um, a reoffense after that. Oh. Then you call you bring in yes, you know that's someone. high. That's very high. I know it's unacceptable. Um, that's what Senator Pete Lee used to say, you know, of Colorado Senator Pete Lee out in El Paso County. Like, that's completely unacceptable because when you use restorative practices and put, like, say, a young person, a juvenile through that, you, you can lower the recidivism rate or the reoffense rate down to, like, you know, one out of 10 or two out of 10, so 20%. So it's pretty significant to utilize practices that actually are therapeutic and work for individuals. That's one of the reasons that, you know, you and I and so many of our other wonderful volunteers and staff work together in promoting these and, and implementing this in our communities. That's amazing. I, I didn't know that. That's huh? really interesting. Really interesting. That was my job to know that stuff. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well let's see. Well, next is we we're going to have to get you back and we're going to have to do another interview to begin to deal with these other things. We haven't done anything about the international. As you say, the international uh, is so important, the international peace train, mm -hmm. how how that movement uh, will take off, which way it's going. Uh, you've just been to a couple other countries where it is happening. The peace train is movement is happening. That's another huge, huge subject. You know, I was just... I was just watching a a, a Dustin Tidwell uh, segment. I don't mm -hmm. know if you know him. He's a local artist. Yep. Where what you're doing there is expressing uh, emotions and gradually bringing their, your emotions into harmony with the emotions of others mm -hmm. so that your anger then becomes, uh, in one sense, a community project. To, to look at that anger so that you might have a bunch of people drawing drawing trains, being on trains that, that they want to draw, sitting in a snack car, having their coats and, and um, drawing in some way peaceful or transformative themes. And then your personal piece, we didn't get to at all to find out how you're going to be fitting into all this in the future. We're not in two minutes. No, no, no. I know. I know. And, <laughs> it's all um, good for us. There's lots so, well, to talk about. It, but we've hit we've hit most of the, of our topics for today, namely yep. what is restorative justice, namely how do how do trains work for restorative justice, but we didn't quite get as far as the prisoner exchange business, particularly in the South, and I don't know how to feel about that. We had a black engineer on here not long ago talking about. How in the traditional South, you're still released to work on the railroad. Now I didn't know that. You, I think maybe you still get a sledgehammer and some rocks, or no, I don't think so. But that is part of your sentencing. And if you, if you do a good job out there working on right away, I guess you get your number of days reduced. In four or five states still do that quite regularly so we could talk about all that try to find 
Well, so Patty, what are some of the other themes we want to do when we get you on here next time? I would talk about humanizing the justice system. That's uh, a big one. That's, yeah. That'll take public. that'll take a, a little time back here in the caboose. Yep. Public transportation is key for that, actually. More train use, bus use, things, you know, to help people reassimilate back into the in society from being formally incarcerated too. There are a lot of elements. Yeah. I'm just glad I had the opportunity to come on and, and with you and, and Rick. And I really appreciate you allowing me to share about Pause for Peace and um, restorative justice locally and then on a larger scale. We've just been riding that peace train, Forrest. Riding that peace train. We mm -hmm. are. We are. All right. We're going to do that. You and I will have to go over to the bunny sometime soon and My have treat. a burrito and, and talk yep. some more. Well, okay. this has been has been another segment of On the Rails with me, your host, Forrest Whitman, at here, here at KHEN 106.9 FM or any day you want to by iTunes or by the many podcasts. We've got, like Rick was saying, we've got like four years, four years of podcasts. We could sit there for the rest of our lives and listen to podcasts of this of this show. And <laughs> so anyway. Patty Latai, so nice having you here. And always nice having Rick here, our engineer. We couldn't do it without him. Oh, also, that studio staff, that voice, she's listening. She's even bleeped out a few words. Did you know that? Leslie did and, that. Yep. yep. And <laughs> we, our we, audience, our we, community members, yes. our sisters and brothers. Yeah. Our sisters and brothers who are listening. Mm -hmm. All right, Dave, that's time to wrap it up in the old caboose here. I'm going to shut, pretty much shut the back door. Throw. I'm going to pop a fusey, throw it out, so we got a nice red flare um, <laughs> on the snow. And we're all, almost ready to really hit it and move. And to do that, we do a really big highball, which means we're ready to go. So on the count of three, one, two, three, highball! 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 highball. Cahen is sponsored in part by Soulcraft Brewing, Salida's hometown brewery, offering a large selection of traditional and seasonal craft beers. Their spacious patio features cozy fire pit tables for outdoor warmth on chilly days. Fresh food is served daily at the Soul Shack food truck, featuring snacks like wings and pretzels, and full meals like sandwiches, burgers, and a delicious brunch on Sunday. Soulcraft is open daily for happy hour, lunch, and dinner.